Hey, welcome back to an extremely weird episode of Four for the Road slash Drunk Digest. Everybody, I'm your host, Punk Rock, uh, for this episode. And then depends on if you're going to listen to it on uh, Four for the Road one, then I'm Punk Rock. No, you're going to listen to it Drunk Digest. Anyways, fuck it. I'm lit. Um, we're going to talk about uh, military stuff, what it's like being a veteran, uh, active duty service member, and uh, motorcycle clubs and how like the veteran community kind of ties in. We're just doing a blended. We're just doing a blended. We're doing a blend cast. Yeah, it's not a a podcast through this bitch in a blender, much like I did the leftover booze uh, in my fridge to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Hey, did you put? Did you put your tender hard in a blender? I dig it. So, um, yeah, so we got No Shame and we got DJ Shipley with us today. I changed it to Dave. Oh, yo, he's back today. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I took my glasses off because it's got this weird glare on it. So There was just too much pressure to try and follow that type of podcast that he did with anything that I could do. So we just, we're just going to be Dave. Yeah, that thing was – that was deep. Yeah. I, that whole I'm fucking thing. listen to it because it's going to make me be a better person from whatever. No, you have to listen to it, dude. And all three of us have to go to Mexico and do DMT. Like, I, I mean, wanted I'm to do that already. I don't, need, I don't need to listen to DJ Shipley to go to Mexico <laughs> and do some DMT. I just, I just need to leave shit. I've been trying to get the same effect with other things, and it's not quite working. So maybe that'll, maybe that'll hey, be Hey, dude, better. we're going to figure this shit out in April, yeah. bro. With yeah. you me I and think Jim riding. I've taken a lot of wrong turns trying it out, but maybe this time we'll, we'll get it. Fuck um, yeah, dude. So, yeah, we're going to do a blended podcast because something that we had wanted to talk about that wasn't motorcycle related on what's the other podcast? With Drunk Digest. Um, <laughs> and we're was, both wearing the shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we yeah, forgot right? the name twice. <laughs> I'm like that one dude on that podcast trying to remember my phone number. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so. Come on, come on, bring it together, bring it together. So for whatever reason, like a while ago, we had talked about on Drunk Digest, just kicking around, I don't even know what the term is, but just military ideas and shit that maybe we had experienced since getting out or while in or all that, the positives and the negatives and how it relates to being a husband, a dad, a a dickhead, whatever. Uh, And I thought it was a really good idea that you had, Ken, for, for Drunk Digest. And then... You know, uh, the guys got together over on four for the road and decided that they wanted to do a lot of vet centric or vet heavy posts this week talking about sharing stories, sharing resources, stuff like that. So it just seemed like an opportune time to do to do a joint joint podcast. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah, brother. brother. (laughs) Let me me tell you about when I enlisted in 89, it was (laughs) fucking hard. All right, first off, if you enlisted in 1989, um, we're probably not friends because that was the year I was born. So there's it was that. a lot harder back then, too. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> there was two logs and buds, goddammit. <laughs> you see this hat right here? It says Cold War Veteran. Ah, dude, we're doing yes. a video. I keep, I'm going to fuck that up. Now we're doing a video. Now they're going to know I'm not wearing a hat and it says Cold War Veteran. <laughs> that's that's the killer, right? There. That, that's, that takes all your credibility. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, just in case you couldn't tell, it was St. Patrick's Day, everybody. We're all a little fucked up today, yeah, apparently. But, woo! But oh, so, I mean, for I mean, I know we've kind of talked about it in some of the other podcasts before. But for people that don't know, um, Ken is still in Navy guy. No shame was Army. Um, 
I did a little bit of the Navy and the Army. Uh, got the best of both worlds. And, and so, you know, I thought that that's something we could talk about was kind of how it correlates just to being, you know, if we're doing drunk digest, how does it correlate into being who we are today? Like, how did it shape us? And, and how does it drive our lives? You know, the good and the negative, because something that we've talked about, I think, in private before, I don't know if I've ever put it on a podcast, but I, th- I would love to explore in this one is like that balance between being a grunt style <laughs> vet um, and, and being like a well-adjusted normal vet like i i never want to be too tim kennedy at all and and i i never want to be too dj shipley because he's way too fucking cool for me so it's like how do you you know what is that happy medium for you as as a vet and i thought it was something cool to explore with with y'all and tie it into some motorcycle shit and, and here we are so i think what it looks like for me is me i think i'm the perfect example of uh everything really and everything that i do in touch um, and it's specifically because I've served this... in the military. And... I get, are you fucking with us? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm the most humble person on earth. Yeah, dude. Is it? Fuck it, eh? But, uh, but no, man, uh, the military definitely shapes you. Um, if it doesn't at all, then I think you're probably a shit bird to begin with. Because it, it does definitely, it definitely instills different things in you, like um, honor, integrity, uh, loyalty. And th- those are definitely important characteristics that I don't think a lot of teens grow up with. You know, it's all self-preservation. That's why you see a lot of teens that like to lie and shit like that, you know, try to get out of trouble, to try to stay out of trouble, stay comfortable. Uh, but the military don't like you get away with shit depending on where you're at, right? Uh, and that's as far as I'm going to go there. Show my face and I like my paycheck. So I um, disagree. Um, I think I want to hear that. I want to hear a bunch of shitty people in the military, and there's also a bunch of great people. And I I don't think I think the military is set up to make you successful if you're disciplined. But you know, at least when I was in, there were plenty of fucking dickheads that just skated by, and plenty of fucking dickheads that got kicked out. So when we're talking about like veterans interacting out in the community, and it's very easy for people like us to tell, like, oh, you were a dickhead when you were in the fucking military. Yeah, I just, now you're... I just want to say, as my pet peeve, I fucking hate veterans. I, I do too, them. man. It's, they're so cringy to me. And and, and, here's, and people right now, you know, there's going to be some veteran, like, already smashing out his response on the keyboard. Just, just hang on. Let me finish. Why'd you I, fucking kneel for the... Yeah, that yeah like, you, you are a veteran. How can you hate yourself? Look, look. No shame. Well, first off, I was in the Navy. <laughs> Like, I hated myself until I joined the army. Then I love myself. No, but I think no shame is hundred percent right. Like, and I wonder like, what do you guys think? Like, is there another organization that you've ever been a part of or thing that you've done job you've had? And well, Ken's never had a fucking job, but another that place, that you've, another place that you've been where it's such like, like, I feel like there's no middle ground in the army and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just my experience in the army, but there's no middle ground in the military, army, Navy, whatever. Like it's either, awesome dudes that you like look man whatever shit you're getting into i'm going with you like like to your left and to your right you're surrounded by the best dudes or there's absolute shit birds like no like i don't feel like there's an for whatever reason we don't have a middle ground in the service it's just like i feel like i was middle ground no i I dudes love to serve with you yeah no no shit people love being my soldier but i also like was not like the greatest follower. And I also didn't really like care so much about the rules. And I did like get in a little bit of trouble there at the end so, of the, 
fucking military service. So, so maybe we should clarify that. Like, I'm, I guess I'm speaking more on like the personality of the person. Like, I think, I think that you can maybe bend some of the rules or, or be a great leader or maybe have been a shit, you know, got in trouble and been a shit bird early on in your career. Um, thank God we're using video because I used air quotes and, and, and not necessarily have made you a bad person. Cause I think there's dudes that probably spit shine their boots to the highest fucking gloss you've ever seen that were completely fucking cockbags to work with or to serve with. Or like you just, if you saw them out in town, like you were going the other way. Like yeah, I, I think there's a difference that. between, between maybe your, your job mentality in the branch of the service and like being somebody that dudes wanted to, to be around. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right on that. So if that's, if that's the metric that we're using, yeah, people love me. So, yeah, I thought, I thought we were just talking about me. Like, no, dude, there are plenty of fucking worthless wastes of fucking skin that fill fucking uniforms. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics, but I, every command has. Them. What was his name? Um, so his name is Jonathan Smith. His last four was one, two, three, four. He lived it. You know, fuck it. But, but no, every command has them that and and. I also see Dave's point. It's either you have these fucking like super stellar dudes that like you love being around, you love working with, and these people that you're like, please, for the love of God, do not re-enlist. And I, I really don't think there's any middle ground. I don't think I've ever looked at somebody and be like, yeah, I mean, I could work with him again. I could, I could take it, leave it. It's either I would love to work with this person again, or I would not. Um, I was just speaking on me personally, because um, like it helped me grow the fuck up. First off, um, my first LPO um, beat the fucking arrogance out of me, literally. Um, Did he, though? Did he? I was was the 17-year-old fucking punk kid that thought he had it all figured out because three months ago or fucking five months ago, I was at, you know, I was in high school and now I'm in the military. I'm getting a paycheck. I got my own car. You can't tell me shit. Was it a Chrysler uh, 300? It was a fucking 2002 Chevy S10. Aw. Why was <laughs> it, it was, not a Camaro or a Mustang? <laughs> or a, were Chargers? Were char- was the Charger back yet at that point? I forget when I came back. <laughs> but, oh, before uh, they had the Charger, it was that, uh, what was the one that's like a Charger, but it's a wagon? The mag. I, I've had the Magnum. Magnums were, an ex- were, a, were a popular soldier car. I owned a Magnum at one yeah. point. So anyways, um, there we well, it was not my first car. But, uh, <clears throat> But no, he got sick of my shit and he took me in a Connex box and he beat the living fuck out of me. Um, I mean, that deserved every fucking bit of it. And I'm really glad that he did because that got me through my first tour. And then as I move, as, as I went on, I started fucking up. I found it much easier to listen to my supervisors and see what they wanted out of me and to communicate than to get the shit kicked out of me again. I don't want that. So, um, yeah, that's where it put me now. And then obviously when you're being held responsible for fucking grown adults and their daily activities and what they do in their off time even like that has to change you a little bit at least um because i'm definitely i'm definitely not the same person i would be if i had not joined the military i I can say that with almost absolute certainty well we we talked about it on the side in a side conversation kind of like going over like our experiences with leaders that are like more in the civilian sector that have never served um and you know one of the things that i think having that experience in the military you can kind of like see when like when somebody's a shit leader you can like really tell right off the bat like gotta expect more because 
yeah, I mean, we're, we're in a situation when you're, especially when you're active duty to where you're kind of forced to be that like leader 24 seven. And, you know, it's, it's a catchphrase and like a buzzword and whatever, but you know, it's, it's reality. If your soldier fucks up at fucking three in the morning, you're getting the phone call and you got to go in and fucking get him out of fucking jail or go to the hospital and see what the fuck he did. Um, and that like accountability to your troops and, and then that ability to maintain morale that does not exist everywhere in the civilian world. And it's very apparent when somebody has had limited to no leadership experience and they're trying to f- kind of fake the funk in that role. So I think that's like the biggest thing that me personally that I got out of the military was just having to be that like constant professional and, and be on my game at all times or at least do it to the best of my ability. So do you think that you have like a higher standard that you have to meet because you are a veteran? And then like maybe like a second question to that is like, do you have to watch yourself a little more? Because like if you snap at somebody for like consistently fucking a job up, like is it going to be like, oh, fucking Mr. PTSD freaking out again. We need to fucking get this guy off the job site. Like um, in my form. So this was my last week of my former job and it was in construction so i don't really didn't really apply there i think um the leadership skills i learned in the military made it so i never got to that point and then the good thing about the civilian sector especially when you're in like the construction and trades industry is like if somebody's a fucking shitbag you just give them a pink slip and send them on their fucking way you don't have to deal with like how many counseling statements do I need? And let me get them in article 15 and, you know, chapter paperwork and all that shit. And I can like, get the fuck out of here. So you can kind of cherry pick. Right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> with this new job I'm going into, I'm, I'm kind of going into more of a white collar role. And I don't know. Um, I think I do pretty good at talking to people and like maintaining tact. You know, that was one of the things that you had to like be proficient in, in the military as well. So, that, you know, it's a skill that, you know, but, uh, Ooh, I'm, I'm not really the guy that just like freaks out and cusses people out like you. <laughs> I only but lose my shit in front of you guys. Now he's gonna now he's gonna cuss you out. We're gonna get a rambling ass story. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Darren. Listen, motherfucker. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, no, I cuss at my troops. I do, but they're like my kids. Like I'm gonna treat you like an adult, and I'm gonna hope you act like an adult. Is it weird though that you now have to stand on top of the conics to to reach them? You short That's motherfucker. <laughs> that was good. Uh, like I'm gonna write that down because I'm not the shortest guy at my command. And I think I'm, that I think the military gives you a unique set of mental filters or whatever you want to say, um, into which you will view the rest of the world for the rest of your life. And whatever endeavor or path or shit you choose to do, that perspective will be a part of how you view it. It's just a, it's not a better or worse. It's just a different and unique set of mental filters um, to, to what your perception is going to be to, to everything, how you interact with your family, your kids. If, if you had them in the military or after, before, whatever, um, friendships, relationships, jobs, just events in general. Everything that you see, I think, is going to be a little bit different um, now because of this circumstance. And probably to to an effect, the more intense 
I guess, or longer your service, whether that's leadership positions or years of service or type of, you know, whether you were a, um, you know, a door kicker or a supply guy or whatever. I think, I think those will also lend themselves um, to those filters that you're going to view shit through. And I think that while it, it changes that perception or how you see that shit, it's really up to you and what you do with it. Like if you want to go off the rails and just be an asshole about everything around you, because that's how you view it is this, yeah, especially I work in vet services. So I see a lot of vets that have this filter where everything is a con against them. It's, it's, they don't, people don't understand the military. People don't understand veterans. People don't care about vets. The world's out to get them. Um, and I can promise you that if you have that attitude, you're a hundred percent wrong. If you're, whole attitude and demeanor is that people don't give a shit about vets. They don't care about vets and this and that you're a hundred and ten percent fucking wrong. Is anything perfect? No, but I think that, you know, you're given an opportunity with your service to do a lot of great things. Um, if you let it create a negative mind space for you, then that's what you're going to live and dwell in until you either just crap out or, or pull yourself out of it. And as so I it's important for, for vets and, and maybe it is as important for guys that are still in service and stuff like that too, to, to think about that stuff is like, you're gaining such a unique perspective. And I hope that you use it to enhance your life and whatever else you're going to do, no matter what that, I don't care if you're going to smoke crack, <laughs> like fine, then use that oh, mental filter. <laughs> like you, use you your- smoke crack, like a fucking trooper <laughs> motherfucker. Like, like just dedicate yourself to being the best crackhead that you can be. <laughs> no, over there just like, Did you just bring back the old school army fucking, uh, <laughs> recruiting campaign? Be all that you can be it, uh, as you smoke and, some crack. <laughs> I, and, and I hope that like out of all the people that listen to this podcast that only like six or eight of you smoke crack, but you know, like I think that, that that's something people, I don't think maybe they necessarily give enough credit to you experience something different that, that the majority of the world isn't going to experience and to expect them to cater to what you went through, I think is, is, is setting yourself up for failure. I don't think there's an expectation for everybody else to align with what you went through. You need to know that how your experiences can make you, I guess, for lack of a better term, better than them, like outshine them, like take what, you know, the leadership stuff that, that no shame and Ken were talking about, take the, the benefits take the the dudes that you were able to grow up around and 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 experience things with maybe you suffered with maybe you had awesome paperwork days with i don't know whatever you know you went out and got arrested with whatever like like take those experiences and lend it to your new construction job and how you're treating the new guys on the job site or how you're interacting with that dumbass boss that you have if if he's a dumbass or, or soaking up great leadership on the outside finding people that never served that are where you want to be and then blending that experience to your experiences is going to just fucking put you on a rocket to wherever you want to be. And so I think that's, I want people to don't what the, I don't know what the fuck the word is I'm looking for, but like, don't just marinate on your service as like the best time in your life and everything else is shit afterwards. Like take it, love it. Don't over Tim Kennedy it. And use it to, to wherever you're going next. I mean, just, just you know, we're so fortunate. American veterans are so fortunate in 
the resources that we have available to us, the benefits that are available to us. If you don't take advantage of that, that's not on a company. That's not on another person. That's not on another agency. Nobody's going to come to your door with a fucking – maybe they should, but nobody's going to bring you a, um, a Kmart bag full of – because I feel like the military would give you a Kmart bag. <laughs> a Kmart bag full of fucking goodies and benefits and shit like that. You might have to hunt some of that shit down. Be resourceful. All right, when when Ken, when Ken locked the connects on you, you figured out where the bolt cutters were, and you got your shit out anyway. Like you know, be resourceful. Post service too, and don't let that like for for the people that are still in or just got out. Don't let the military be your fucking personality <clears throat> either. You know, it's you got look not to get all fucking Joe Navy here, but it's it's an organization made up of a bunch of individuals with with different experiences, and that's what makes our force so unique you know on top of fucking outrageous military spending but the different experiences that and the different backgrounds that we have is what makes our force unique don't lose yourself in that regardless if you come in at 17 if you came in at fucking 37 don't lose yourself because it's really easy to just become your rate and rank and then that's just who the fuck you are and i mean fuck it i'll probably never make chief because I was lucky enough to where I had somebody say, hey, don't lose who you are. Hey, you oh, know what? Saying saying you're never going to make chief, that's not very DJ Shipley of you. Well, um, I'm just a fucking punk, so. What you need to do is Ow. cut your family and, like, your kids and your wife out of the picture completely and just do everything that you can. Because we don't have time in the Navy to be part-timers. You have to dedicate yourself to be the best possible seaman you could be. Oh, then I probably should have never got dick butt tattooed on me because I'm what Ken just said lends itself a lot. I think anyway, my experience um, to motorcycle clubs, too. So making that four for the road transition, like if your whole identity was the uniform, then going to a motorcycle club might be a safe haven for guys. And maybe that can be a good thing for them. Maybe they can help with that transition or maybe can help with that sense of purpose or or that identity. Um, and, and that's great. Uh, I hope that you find a way in your club or in your transition from the service to maybe branch out and, and create more things for yourself or find more interests and things like that. I think that sometimes, my opinion, and being around the life in different clubs and being a vet, some of the worst dudes are those dudes that were vets and then are in clubs and they have no other fucking personality. And it's like, you're talking to a Sergeant major with a patch on and you're like, bro, I'm fucking, I'm going to go this way. Like, you're like, I'll still punch you, bro. You're like, which room is the drugs in or whatever? Like, I'm going to go over there. <laughs> like, like, and I think that's probably, you know, I'm giving you a perspective on it from a veteran lens, but I'm sure there's a lot of club dudes. I'd probably say, the worst club interactions they've ever had with dudes are the ones that have no personality outside of being a patch holder. Like that's probably with anything. Like the worst cook you run into is the guy who's nothing but a cook or something like that. Like you want people to have a personality of interest outside of just that singular identity. Are you a dad? Are you a husband? Are you a, are you a, a firearms enthusiast? Are you a drug addict? Are you whatever? Like something that, that lends itself other than I was in the service for 10 years. I was in the army or the Navy or, or I'm a patch holder, whatever. Yeah. Those are all different attributes that make up who you are, but it's not all of who you are. You know, like you said, the fucking grunt style guys they are fucking, you know, YNs if you're in the Navy, I don't know the fucking admin codes for the army Marine Corps or the air force, but 
you know, you got this dude. We don't do that gay shit. (laughs) We don't do that gay shit. But like, you know, and nothing against them, right? Like, I fucking, we need them. That's why they're there. But like, you're this yeoman dude, but like, you're wearing all this fucking grunt style off off for mine and fucking like all this combat shit. And it's just like, bro, calm down. Like, paper cuts were not that big of a deal. Like, it's not, it's, it's, it's okay to, to just be proud to be a yeoman and then also fucking whatever your name is, you know? Um, you know, the same, same as the fucking being in a club. It's so fucking exhausting to just be around that guy. You know, like, like you said, the Sergeant Major in a patch. That guy is no fun to fucking be around. Well, that, that same, like, cringiness that you guys are talking about, it's, it's kind of funny that we're all, like, exactly on the same page with this thing. Because, like, the t- entire time Dave was talking, I was, like, thinking about, you know, have a personality. Like, uh, wait, what? Wait, what? no, not Dave have a personality. <laughs> like, like, if you're a veteran, have a personality that's outside of the military. And then, yeah, like, like you guys are saying, like, the same, like, the most cringy thing, like, I saw a video a couple days ago, and it's just this dude that gets cut in line, like, at a Best Buy or some shit. And he's like, don't you understand that I'm a veteran? I'm a veteran. And he's like, that's like his entire thing. Like, don't cut me because I'm a veteran. Like, how about like, don't cut me because it's like not the polite thing to do. Or like, how about like, wait your turn in line because that's like etiquette and you cut all these other people too. Like, being a veteran does not entitle you to anything more than like some GI Bill and like a zero down home loan <laughs> and like whatever the fucking government says. Like, you don't deserve any respect from anybody else in the world that any normal civilian doesn't deserve as well and if you believe that then you, i think you joined and served for the wrong reasons if you think that you went and like selflessly gave yourself to your country because it's supposed to be selfless and then you expect something that's a contradiction and the same kind of people that do that shit do the same thing in the motorcycle club world and it's the cringiest fucking thing like oh, i'm a part of this fucking club and like those are the kinds of people that that base their entire identity on their patches those are the fucking like yeah fucking take this away and like i'm nobody like you you see this fucking thing this diamond right here like get the fuck out of here dude like why are you leveraging all of your identity on the organization that you belong to and and i think it's exactly it goes back to you know the different personalities and different experiences make your organization stronger. You're going to think about things differently. And honestly, I'd rather have somebody with some seasoning on them instead of just some fucking robot as a brother, you know? I think you too, like you think about like what no shame is saying, like, you know, that identity piece, like, look, you guys, guys that want to, rebuttal that or whatever might say you know i live and die for my patch or or riding with my brothers or whatever but that's that's different like okay fine there's your other part of your identity you love to bang miles like that's that's an that's an enhancement to your identity as a club dude because there's dudes in clubs that just want the patch and they're not riding anywhere so that it's not like you're saying like things that go along with being a good brother in a club or being a good soldier in the army like or in the military like, it's not like, you know, saying like, okay, well, if I'm dedicated to this, then you're saying I have no personality. No, there's things within that that can make up other extensions of party. Some dudes are in clubs love to wrench. Some dudes hate it. Being a bike wrench can be another extension, like talking about old bikes or new bikes, and that, that can be an extension. 
of your personality as a club guy. So it's not like you're just like, you know, it's those guys. I think more that are just like that patch is the only thing they have. Well, let me use myself as an example. Cause like for me, I love my club and I think all of us love the motorcycle club community as a whole. And I think everything that I do and say, I kind of weigh on two things, really. How is it going to reflect on my club? And how is it going to reflect on Four for the Road, the the project that we've all poured our heart and souls into? And I'm 100% dedicated to that. Uh, But I'm not the guy that, like, needs to wear my soft colors to the grocery store while I'm buying Fruity Pebbles so that some fucking weirdo that's walking down the cereal aisle, like, needs to look at me fucking different. Like, I'm the same person inside and outside of my colors. The things that I bring to the table, the pieces of my personality do not change based on the setting that I'm in. And that makes me either an asset or a detriment to my club or my charter or whatever it is. If everything that you do is being enhanced by your presence in the club, then you're doing it wrong because everything you do should be enhancing the club, not the other way around. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think we come back to the social media aspect a lot and kind of everything that we talk about because it is we're doing this on social media. How the fuck do you not acknowledge that? And social media is amazing. If you're a veteran out there in the community, like I don't want to just sit here for, you know, a half an hour. I feel like we've kind of had a conversation bagging on the negative side of veteranisms. Uh, but, but if we're going to now look at some positives like social media kind of a fucking negative too (laughs) but as a positive like you can connect with like-minded vets because the vet community whether we realize it or not is very small like not i forget what the statistics are but it's like currently because of the rate of of i guess death for world war ii and vietnam era veterans the percentage of folks with military experience in the country is dramatically shrinking uh if you're involved in things like vet issues the va the vfw the american legion dav etc it probably feels like there's a ton of vets out there because that's your circle but in reality you're 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 very much a minority from the general population i I did the math real quick keep keep your point in your head but i did the math because somebody told me that marines were the original one percenters because only one percent of the yeah. And I said, so I, I took the numbers, the Marine Corps people with Marine Corps service active and like veteran retired, whatever is 0.7% of the United States population. So well, you're not the say, original think, one percenters, you're the original 0.7 percenters. I was going to say, I think again, total, <laughs> total accumulative service members across all living conflicts, service, like Cold War, peacetime, whatever. I think it's something like 4% of the population or something like that. I thought it was three. I thought that's where the three percenters came from. No, that's like 3% of the nation stands up for the Constitution or some. I don't know. I think there's like. Oh, that's even worse, dude. You gotta like. It's something like more, con- more people like the Constitution. Than because, because that would make no sense. Like. Weird. It can't be tied into the amount of service members because when the Vietnam era veterans unfortunately pass on, they're the last draftable era of veterans. So that number is going to shrink dramatically as they pass. So you're going to go from being the three percenters to like the point three. What do you pie? We're three point three point one four percent or whatever. That doesn't make any sense. And I know there are a lot of like like that three percenters that were. Look, like we're going to catch a lot of heat. Fucking armor and if they're still listening served. to this. 
we're, we're going to catch a lot of heat from 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 LARPers and three percenters. I want to say right now, I don't care, and you should just <laughs> ridiculous. I don't I don't care at all. Call it's me. okay, dude. All the fucking gravy seals from Meal Team Six can stand the fuck down. It's okay. But well, yeah, my no, kids are just this... tell me real quick. So and this is. <laughs> can I finish? Can I finish? Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. So you know, my my point was like that that the service percentage of folks that have any any sort of 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 time in uniform is is small compared to the general population of the U.S. It's small, um, and I think what social media does is that can help with that isolation in your community, especially if you're from a small town. Maybe there's only a couple of you that have ever served, and you're in your 20s, and the other vets in his 80s, <laughs> like whatever. Like you know, sometimes that can be a disconnect, and I think social media can help bridge that. Uh, it can help you find other like-minded veterans, maybe that are close by next town over city states, whatever um, events that you want to go to and, and organizations to be a part of. It can be a really great thing. Um, but like everything with social media it can also be an echo chamber. Like if you are in a negative headspace, you are going to find things on social media to reinforce that negative headspace. You are going to find things to make you more depressed, more disgruntled, whatever the case may be. And I want, to challenge you to be aware of that and 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 to find things in the veteran community that that maybe you disagreed with previously and you want to learn more about or find people of different different opinions if you are you know so grunt style uh, you know try Andy Stump who's kind of anti he, you know Andy Stump has a podcast cleared hot um it's a really great podcast he's very pro military um I know he's very pro law enforcement and stuff too, whatever. Um, but he has a really great thing. He was in the Navy. He was a Navy SEAL. He has a great thing about saying that the veteran community doesn't get made fun of enough. And I 100% agree with that. And so, you know, use social media not to reinforce your your Black Rifle coffee. It's good coffee, you know, but branch okay. out. Branch out and see see other opinions and other viewpoints and let other veterans – let other veterans – be other veterans. I think we do such a great job of tearing each other down. I'm sure I've probably done it just in this 35 minutes. Um, you know, there's going to be bullshit people and everything, but I think as a whole, the veteran community is very polarizing and, and we find it very easy to go at each other's throats and to, to, to rip somebody down for the character of their service or, you know, they weren't, they weren't, Rambo enough. It's, it's so fucking lame, dude. Like, I hate that. Like, if you're a if you're a dick bag and your entire personality as a veteran is being a dick bag, then you deserve to get made fun of. But when we just pile on people that have a differing viewpoint, I hate that shit about the vet community. And that's one of the negatives to social media. So I just challenge people to fucking be aware of that. Like, I have to be aware of it every day. So I mean, it, it kind of goes. I mean, fuck just the social media, like push past all of that. Right. Cause there's a lot of people that are, there's a lot of veterans that are disgruntled with the military because of the things that they experienced. Um, like losing a friend, um, somebody that you consider family, um, obviously the childhood and all that stuff. And I personally, um, I haven't been through many traumatic events, but I think I've been through enough to speak on them where, first we got to remember that this is an all volunteer force and that we asked to be there. Whether it was one hitch, you know, whether it happened on your first hitch, your third hitch, whatever, you asked to be there in the first place. The second, I say absolutely be as pissed off as you want to because I know from firsthand experience the mental health programs are not there. Um, and if they are there, they're kind of substandard. 
depending on where you're at, obviously. Um, I know in San Diego, where I was stationed at formerly, they had a, a phenomenal mental health department where I was stationed at on NAB Coronado. But, uh, but like here in Jacksonville, kind of, I felt better without therapy than I'd be going to therapy, you know? So yeah, be pissed off with the right stuff and, and find the positives in those things. Right. There, Cause the, there's, there's positives even in tragedy where, I mean, so like as, as, as an example, you know, I went to, I went to quite a bit of funerals. That is fucking hilarious. This dude just nine lined apparel is fucking four for the road hat. <laughs> On the other but, side, uh, since we're doing like a joint, since we're doing like a joint episode, you should put your two percenter, your milkman two percenter on with your puppy. Yeah, where's your little puppies patch, man? He's like, got it, and I've all filed and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you know, like as an example, I went to uh, just in the last five years, my last command went to eighteen funerals of people that I knew very well, um, some that I considered family, and I don't for one minute, blame the military for taking those people away from me. I don't blame the military for, you know, having those bonds built or anything like that. What I'm, what I'm thankful for, the memories that I have with those men, the bonds that I have with them, I was thankful that I was able to be a pallbearer for three of them. And, you know, those are, those are memories that I'm going to cherish and I'm not going to damn the entire world because my friend did, uh, died doing something that he cared about and that he thought was important enough to die for. So just maybe keep that in mind before you guys go on your Facebook rants about like fucking, you know, this guy you walked past once at the fucking PX died in a car wreck because he was drunk. It's not the military's fault, all right? We're going to have a Dave lot of awkward silences added out Dave of looks so I was, confused well, right I was now. Waiting. I saw his, I saw No Shame's mute thing go off. I mean, that's always like a good indicator that he's about to talk, so. Did it go off already? I don't know. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. And you were like, you were, like you were leaning in like this. You were like, uh, I was, I just, I could feel the silence building and I wanted to stop. We're waiting on you. And you were like, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> You're triggering my PTSD. Like, like Ken's talking about dead people and shit. Now I don't know what to you do. Know, I heard, so, I heard an interesting point. Fat girl story right here. That's what I heard. I heard an interesting take though. Um, I forget. And I enjoy listening to, to military podcasts from, from certain people. Cause I think it helps. Um, I don't know about other people, but I think I'm definitely a person that kind of can te- can swing back and forth on a pendulum to, to how I feel about the service or my service. And I'm sure that working um, for the past six years in vet services has also uh, tainted that very much. I see the absolute best and worst of, of veterans. Um, and, and so I do try to find military related things, books, people. Um, communities podcast to keep me grounded and to give me different perspectives. And one that I found that was really interesting was, was a guy um, interviewing somebody and, and he was talking about as a leader, like he just got tired of the command and, and things that he saw. And, and so he left. And I think that's something that probably everybody that listens to this that's been in the service can, can either relate to themselves or know somebody, et cetera, that, that felt that same way. And, and I'm thinking, what's that? He like went AWOL? No, no, he just he left the military. Like he got out. Oh, of his, he got out. Okay. And he was at like thirteen or fourteen, maybe fifteen years. I don't, I don't really know. And and it got me thinking though, like if everybody has that mentality that I've been mistreated by this command or whatever, and they get out at twelve years, thirteen years, ten years, five years, whatever, who's going to change it? At at some point, just uh, just up for discussion. I'm not saying I'm right, but at some point, is it important to stick it out? 
to be the change. If all the good folks are getting out at 13 years, 17 years, 10 years, whatever, you're, you're never going to see change. Only those people that, that were left after the good dudes got out. I'm not saying that every leader, every senior person is shit, but I'm just saying if, if I think it's a very prevalent thing that good leaders get out early. And I would challenge you that if you're currently in the military and, and you are a good one, First of all, let us judge that. (laughs) But if you're a good one, you know, stick it out and you're pissed off and you're upset. I I urge you to stick it out and be the change and do. I don't think that it's a, you know, you might think, well, what does it all mean? And certainly the military will fucking replace you tomorrow. They will. But fuck them. The guys behind you, those are the only people that are going to matter. And, and if you can impact what they have going forward, if you can impact the type of leadership that they get, if you can change the climate at a command, even for just one maybe platoon or battalion or duty section or whatever, ship, whatever, if you can just do it for one, then maybe you start a trend and, and, and everybody stays in and they start changing the whole thing. I just – I wonder how do we change a negative command climate or things that we don't like about the service if we're fucking getting out and taking our ball – um, and going home after so many years? Well, the answer is you're not. <clears throat> um, it's like you said, you know, good leaders are saying, fuck this, this place sucks. Whether it's the command or the service in general, they're saying, fuck this, this place sucks, I'm going home. Then you're not going to get any change. It's the people that stay in for whatever reason it is, whether they don't want to find a job in the civilian world, they can't find a job in the civilian world, or they're happy with their military service. You know, there's, there's all three of them in there. Probably more. And, and, and you, but I, you, you, you hit the nail on the fucking head. If you're a good leader, you care about your people, which you should. If you're in charge of human souls, you should care about them, uh, even if you don't like them. And you should treat them how you wanted to be treated as a junior troop. And even I think that, that you, I'm sorry, affect, I will. Oh, this is, this is, I'm passionate about this one. <laughs> Affect affect what you can what you can affect. I think that you know, um, in listening to some of these podcasts, some of these guys had really good points about you know your three foot world and and having an impact where you can. The military, since its inception, has probably always had stupid fucking policies. And unless you become president or or whatever, you're probably not going to be one of the guys that changes these fucking policies that burden us the most. Uh, and I think you have to accept that and and compartmentalize it and then like i said your three-foot world you can affect the command that you're directly at or the troops directly under you or or whatever and and i think sometimes guys let these these burden burdensome if that's no shame always corrects my my vernacular but we definitely sometimes are hampered by think tank shit that really should have no place in on the battlefield or in the ship or or fucking in the air i don't know what the air force calls troops right troops or some shit like that um whatever they call it like, you know like there's just, they just call him john tim whatever the first name is you know like but, and, and i understand that and that can probably be frustrating i think we lose a lot of guys to certain capitol hill policies or or whatever or things that big army decides to and i use big army because that was the majority of like my experience like you know policies that that big army puts down on you and things like that um if you can find a way to to compartmentalize that and stay within what you can the change that you can affect who knows you might have a positive impact on the next 
chief of naval operations or, or or whatever. And so I, you know, I say, you know, don't let the don't let the big picture. Do you just throw a knife at somebody? Just threw a dart what? at a cat. Do you just throw a knife at somebody? Kind of my cat. He's annoying. But uh, yeah, I it mean, like a dart for a second. I was like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> create. The, I guess. I guess my point is, create the change that that you're going to have the most positive impact, and don't let this shit, no matter how much it sucks, above you. Kind of, don't lose your luster, baby. Don't let it, don't let yeah, it dull dude. your shine. Yeah, dude, be the change. Big old bony boy. <laughs> you know, but um, you know, I would I would disagree that you're not going to see change, um, big change, anyways. Rather, if you're until you're like high up there in the chain, you know, because like I used to do my commands, the senior chief, it's the E eight, and um, I'm not going to say whether it was good or bad. But I'm just going to say there, we had one OIC um, and the command was one way. And then we, we changed our OIC and then the command is is a complete different way. Um, you know, and he's not even the highest ranking dude in my command. You know, and I think if you if you are a good leader, you care about your troops and stuff. You're going to read these instructions, and these policies that are not only forever changing, but burdensome like dave said they're burdensome there are there's just so many dumb fucking rules in there that one dude cares about this one rule and that's all he's focused on right and the same way in a motorcycle club you know you're gonna find that one guy that's always harping about one thing but everything else in his world's fucked up except this one thing and you say okay cool you you get a good understanding of your policy and say okay cool well hey technically I'm allowed to do A, B, and C, but this guy wants me to only do A, but I'm allowed to do all three of these. So I'm going to go do all three of these because I can justify it legally. You know, as, as somebody that's been an officer um, nationally and, and whatever, um, or regionally or whatever um, for a club, have you seen, cause I feel like, I feel like there's conversations where we've had with, with guys before. And I guess as somebody in a large nation, who's got a diverse diverse background and leadership roles. Have you seen guys that have just gotten frustrated with things and, and, and left and taken their good qualities with them and, and, and kind of instead of sticking it out or, or voting for change or whatever. Cause I feel like we've talked to some club guys where they're, you know, maybe they're waiting till if, if that club has a retirement period or they're, they're, you know, they're just not happy in it anymore because of changes and they're not taking the steps to change it. Is that, is that something that, that you can speak on? I think the the majority of people that choose to leave, and at least in my experience in my club, is not. Um, it's not really due to like the climate or poor leadership or anything like that. I think a majority of it is is personal. You know, I'm kind of blessed to have like leadership that's very open to like having an open dialogue, and you know, if if you want something changed, there. Uh, they're pretty, I mean, they got open door policies. So you can just, I call my national president right now and be like, Hey, can we do this a little bit differently? And if I make a good point, he'll enact that kind of change, you know, and, uh, call, him. call him right now. All right. No, I'm just oh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, no balls, no name. Yeah. That culture kind of trickles down in my leadership and it's, it's kind of counterintuitive to what I was saying earlier. Cause I don't think any of my 
there's a couple but most of my like higher up leadership is not like military experience so i just kind of got lucky um but there ha- there have been a couple people that are were disgruntled with a certain thing or you know they they didn't see eye to eye on certain aspects and and they did decide to leave for those reasons and you know it is a little disheartening i think i see it more on like the chapter level you know you might have a a, a charter president who um you know that he might have a couple guys underneath him who don't really like the direction that he's taking that charter. And I think that's more of the, uh, the example that I see that with. And a lot of times, like you'll see those guys uh, maybe try to like transfer. And one of the things like I would, the way thing I advise a lot is if you have multiple people in your charter that feel this way, like, why aren't you doing anything to change it? And that's the thing I think people lose sight of a lot of times in, the motorcycle club world is like, we govern ourselves. Like me as a like member of my charter have the ability to vote on things and, you know, bring things up in meetings and put motions on the floor and I can shape what my environment is. I think a lot of people in this world are just like a little too like lazy to do that. You know, you you hear a lot of people that'll talk shit or like say all the things that they're disgruntled with and then a meeting comes up and they shut the fuck up and like, they never say a goddamn thing. It's like, stop fucking bitching then. Um, it's, you know, like going, taking it back to like the military point of it. Um, yeah. Like if, if, if we never had goodly, like Dave, were you in when, uh, when Sergeant major, the army Chandler was in, was that, I was just he thinking was the about no that. tattoos He's- guy. Was he also the no sunglasses on the head guy? But then he was caught at like the army ten miler, yeah. like with, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, that was like, like two thousand eleven or something. The amount of uh, yeah, it was two thousand eleven and two thousand fifteen. And then um, when Sergeant Major of the Army Daily came in, it was like a complete like one eighty. Like he's like, you guys can have tattoos again, and like fuck it, like it was like he gave us back like all these freedoms that the other guy took away. But like, imagine if Sergeant Major of the Army Daily was sitting there more than enough years to retire the guy's fucking cool as fuck and he's just like fuck this fucking raymond f chandler motherfucker he's an asshole let me just retire i stuck it out he ended up getting into a position where he could affect the change that he wanted to affect and that lesson should you know apply it while you're in the military and apply it when you're in the motorcycle club world because fuck you nothing is going to get any better if people that don't have a differing opinion or a better way to do things just constantly keep quitting and like, not, I'm not saying you're going to get everything your way. And I'm not even saying that, like, if you're disgruntled, that you're correct. But, you know, just at least having that back and forth dialogue, it forces people to kind of continue to grow. Yeah, I like that. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, even <clears throat> I think the biggest complaint that, that I hear about <clears throat> or heard about was my club doesn't ride enough or my club doesn't do this enough. Right. Well, then go do it. You know, there ain't no, there ain't no fucking thing wrong getting on your bike, flying your shit, and then going wherever the fuck it is you want to go and letting people see you out there. Because one, you're representing your club in a positive way, right? You're on your bike, right? Hopefully you're not acting like a dickhead. And one of two things is going to happen. Your brothers are going to start seeing how much fun you're having. And then one guy is going to tag along. He's going to have a great time. And you guys. You steal this from Jim? No? You sure? Jim had this exact same dialogue on a podcast like a year ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yes, this is not a coincidence. Oh. 
He Mr. Miyagi'd your ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was like, I, I honestly like don't remember this. that. Honestly, don't remember that. You like it, like verbatim almost. You know what? Go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish Jim's sentence. I'm sorry we cut you off. Let's wow, go, Drifty Jim Jr. Said, Fuck you, Dave. But I haven't got a tattoo that says that. Fuck, Dave. You gonna write some um, stories, some short stories, and publish a book next? Oh, wow, that hurt. Like, oh, I'm you not, did that already? You know, you know, of his personality, you gonna steal? You gonna fucking I've, go I've, join Swig? I've got, I've got a couple pages written already. Um, no, I'm too old for Swig. Are you gonna, you gonna tell us about New Orleans in the '60s? No, dude, I'm not a specific individual that I'm no longer allowed to fucking communicate with. I'm not gonna steal other people's shit intentionally. I pass it on as my own. Motherfucker. Are you going to be an absolute pleasure to be around and a beacon of light in this community who everybody should strive to emulate? Are you going to do that, Mr. Wannabe Drifter? Absolutely not. You fucking. No, no. I feel like that should be the new intro for Jim. How he's this this beacon of light that people should emulate. It doesn't matter if you're a if you're in a if you're in an outlaw club, a diamond club, if you're in a AMA club. You should just. He's a he's a beacon of light. He's hope. We should we should get Bruce Buffer to do it. We should do, we should change his name to the Great White Hope. Yeah. So I'm just gonna shut the fuck up. Apparently, I'm not allowed to have an original thought. So it wasn't original. That's yeah, the point. <laughs> That's the we why you honestly, have one. dude. Like all my fucking mom do not remember that. Are you serious? 100. percent Is this like the John Connor thing? No. You're fucking with us, aren't you? <laughs> Dude, on it, like on my fucking mother, I do not remember that. Dude, that was word for word. That was like almost word for word. If we That's called funny. Jim right now and asked him what he thought, he would he would give you that exact same monologue. Uh, yeah, but he's watching Matlock right now. So we're about at an hour. <laughs> Are you really calling Jim? What's going on, Ken? Hey, Jim. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. Hey what man, so I have a I have a question for you. Uh oh. It's 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 club related, right? Not your club, but just like motorcycle club in general. So if you have like so so you're in a motorcycle club, right? And you have these issues within your motorcycle club. Let's just say for one, they don't ride enough for your liking, right? Sure. Do you get pissed off and leave the club? Or what what do you what do you do? How do you fix that? Um, well, the best way to do it, it, first of all, you have to decide if you actually like where you're at, you know? Okay. And, and if you like the guys, then it's just the problem that they don't write it up. Then how you fix that is you start writing. <laughs> you go on all these rides and you invite everybody. Right? Okay. And if they show up, they show up. If they don't, they don't. But you can't change anybody. You could only control your own actions. So you keep on writing and you get guys to start writing with you. You go places that they want to go. You know, you, you do all that. And then you meet other people that like to write also and you invite them around the club. And they see how much fun you're having. <laughs> okay. Well, what are you thinking? Um, are they going to see how much fun you're having? What happens when they see how much fun you're having? We're in the middle of reporting an episode. And I guess, so I'm turning the speakers back on now. We got No Shame and Dave on. Um, so apparently, um, I forgot how we got on this fucking topic. I'm fucking hammered. 
BTW. You plagiarized Jim. Apparently, I like word for word plagiarized you from like a year ago and had no fucking recollection of it. And then, and no shame was like, dude, you call him right now. That's exactly what he's going to say. So I called him out on his bullshit and you said exactly what the fuck I said. So, <laughs> or you said exactly what the fuck I also, said that you said. So, also, this is the best Jim's audio has ever sounded. Are you? Yeah, I, I know, I, right? I noticed that shit too. This is so clear. We're recording every episode with Jim like this from now on. <laughs> means on the phone <laughs> yeah yeah but you're gonna call me and i'm gonna no, stuff yeah, you in my on microphone. speakerphone through ken's microphone <laughs> hey hey jim jim what are you wearing uh a 13 rebels uh button-up shirt some khaki pants and some nice brown shoes i just bought hey <laughs> take it off and then send us a pic he's talking okay, about your well, khaki pants yeah, he'd like that. You already have hey, pictures of that. But. Hey, are they are they the khaki pants? Are they the khaki pants from your Chiefs uniform? You shut up. <laughs> they are. He's oh, asking. Yes. I don't need to buy no dress shoes. I got core frams. I don't need no pants. I got these Chiefs khakis. Bitches. Core frams, baby. Core frams and speedos. What don't you need? Fuck yeah, dude. That is the most swick shit you have ever said in your life. Anyway, we're we're at almost an hour, Jim. We gotta go. We do, but hey, I want to ask you one more question while we got you on here, Jim. What are you looking forward to the most for next month's ride? I think it's hanging out and, and bullshitting and, and laughing and joking. I, I kind of need that right now. Ooh, so motel beers is what I'm hearing. Exactly, parking okay. lot. Yep. Ooh, I second, motel beers. I can't get over how clear his audio is. <laughs> <laughs> so... Awesome. Hey, we're going to wrap this show up, Jim. We appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. You guys are recording me? I wasn't bullshitting you. We're legit in the middle of an episode. So obviously I get royalties from this, right? Yeah, dude. You get zero cents an hour just like we do. That's right. Damn it. Fuck yeah. I'll I'll tell you what. I'll buy you a hot Miller. (laughs) All right, brother. All right. I'll talk to you later, Jim. Speaking of zero cents an hour, I think... Dude, that backfired, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did. I think we should we should advertise and get that one penny per view. Also, also, real quick before I forget, I agree um, because it's not. I know we don't want to sell out, but if we just allow Spotify to run an ad on here, I don't think that's selling out. But anyway, I kept getting emails about the Wondershare subscription renewing. And hang on, let me finish. Let me finish. I think what I heard Jim say he was most looking forward to ties into this episode. He really kind of said that he's looking forward, you know, just that getaway. so he wants to do DMT on the trip. That's 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 what I heard and what in what he just said. I heard the exact same thing. So which, you can't be wrong. Which I think ties into the fact that if you haven't, you need to go listen to the Sean Ryan podcast, Vigilance Elites, and you need to go listen to the podcast all four and a half hours of it with DJ Shipley. Best podcast ever. And it has everything to do. It has everything to do with the military aspect that we're talking about. He was far cooler um, than probably all of us combined. Um, But, God, what a great – if it doesn't make you just want to, like, do better at work or in the military, like, Ken dropped, like, six bud packages already. Like, they keep getting – his buds package keeps getting denied, but he's on, like, number six. Like, it just motivates the shit out of you. The perspective is amazing the the shit that he put his family through himself through and then and then the way he's able to i wish i fucking wish i was a tenth of his articulate 
as he is with what he's explaining. I mean, it's just a, I can't hype that podcast, that episode up enough. It was just, what a listen. I agree. I was making fun of Dave the entire time that he was like, cause it, it legitimately like changed the way that Dave interacts and like his like entire like mentality. I think like slight switch, like fucking Dave listened to that episode and he was like, guys, check this out. And then like, I was like, wow, you seem so much chipper. And like, you have like a whole new lease on life, but I was making fun of him the entire time I was listening to it <laughs> until I got to like the last 30 minutes of the podcast. And I'm like driving to my buddy's house and like, the single solitary tear rolled down my eye. I was like, holy fuck. Is he going to make it? Did he, did he fucking ruin his life? And it's just, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but yeah, fucking one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to in my life. So this podcast potentially could get rid of double barrel for your fans. I hope so. I would love to have Ken listen to this, this podcast and then come back four and a half hours later and let us know, um, what it was like. Anyways, I'm going to be on the uh, Biker Lifestyle podcast tomorrow. Oh, are you? Yeah. This tomorrow? Yeah, I, I just oh. talked to, to Dirty earlier today. So. Dude, you're going to miss it. We got, we got DJ Shipley coming on this podcast tomorrow. I got I to gotta reschedule. <laughs> I, th- I think we're doing 6 o'clock um, cheese time. I don't know what that is. Normal people. I think it's 4 o'clock my time on the West Coast and 6 o'clock on the East Coast. Or seven o'clock on the East Coast. Yeah, if, you, yeah, if you're doing East time, that's seven o'clock here. That's yeah, the that's first step. First, you do biker's lifestyle, then you do fast life. It's like a progression. And then oh, I am, I am going down to Texas, so perfect. There you go. And then he moves on to, you know. Oh, I'm going to do insane throttle before I do fast life. We just got to lock so it. So we're at about an hour now. Fuck, that was that was disrespectful. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not because it's like better, just because Sorry, like logistically. Yeah, Jace, he doesn't mean that you're beautiful and we love you. Um, I got to be there to do it with Jace. You do. You do. That's not when you can phone in. Uh, you can't so, phone that one in. So, like, does he, like, have a catheter under the table? Like, how do you No, that dude took five piss breaks in the entire podcast. I, I think Dave might have had a catheter. I don't know. Did he leave over did here? He, did he leave the – I don't know if he leaves the piss breaks in. He must edit them out. No, he leaves them, them in. He does for the whole thing? Yeah. yeah. He took multiple piss breaks. Obviously, Ken didn't care enough about you to watch the entire episode, Dave, so I don't know how well, I feel about that. That's a really good point. Fuck, Ken. You know what? You need to hurry up and get to the Sean Ryan Show, episode 15, with DJ Shipley. Don't worry. No shame's the one that does the editing now because I'm stupid, and he'll put that in the description. I'm just going to copy paste it over to YouTube. So yeah, but I, the problem with that is no shame forgets that other services besides YouTube exists. And so then all of a sudden we're like, Hey, where's the money making Spotify episode? And then we're like, what? I thought you did it. Money making Spotify. If there's a thing that we made money on, I missed out on it. Isn't Spotify the one that can make the money? Oh no, yeah. it's anchor. So wow. yeah, we haven't told everybody else about it. So I don't know if we should, we're considering dropping anchor advertisements, which would pay us a penny per view. Is that just selling out? I don't think that's don't making money off the culture, is it? Letting somebody run an ad? It's not like we're promoting it. I feel like if we were selling you something, if I feel we like were they, selling they you also a- don't try to influence anything we do. It's not like, oh, we're going to have like this fucking crazy thing on here. Like the moment we start making clickbaity shit, then fucking call us dickheads. But uh, I don't yeah, think we're considering doing that. No. No, I don't think we're considering doing that. 
And then if, if running ads has made us sellouts, then we're already fucking sellouts because of our sponsorship through Harley Davidson. Yeah, but we use Leesburg, Florida. <laughs> but we use that to better the podcast, so you're welcome. Yeah. That's how we got these like that's how you just heard Jim with that crispy sound, that that crispy sound. Did you get him a microphone? Because like how I'm so blown away by like yeah, it doesn't make the group better. Yeah, the group before the individual became the standard. And fuck, man, it made it made life. You have this queued up? You have this queued up just for like the group better. No. And why are you doing it? True. You know what? Sometimes you just gotta get out there for no other reason than because other people aren't. All right. Well, sometimes it, it, to be fair, to be fair, at least that one won't get us zucked like the the time I did Tupac or whatever it was, and that got us that got oh. us in trouble with YouTube. Who's that, Trey? Who? No, because I I did Tupac in an episode, and YouTube like flagged it. Then I did um, Trey Lewis's Dick Down in Dallas, and that didn't get flagged for whatever it, reason. No, no, that did get flagged. They both Take got flagged. Money. Really? Because he because I put it on the Instagram, and he was like, "Thanks." Yeah, he's a. I don't know. Look at this. Look at this video. Look at this video podcast right now. This hardcore gangster outlaw club one percenter guy over here petting his cat. I haven't petted the cat once, but what was just what was right there? You were just pet. You were just petting. No, oh, this is my microphone stand. It's just (laughs) fuck. You can't see it because of my name. What? No, there was a cat there. Wasn't he like scratching the cat or some shit? I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Cat right here. Yeah. Quit playing with your pussy on the camera. <laughs> look, look here, no name with your cat. Listen. Listen, no name with your cat. You don't know me and you don't want to know me. You heard? <laughs> My number is eight eight six eight eight six seven five three oh nine. I don't I don't need to call your people, you call me. Mike Call Jones. Me, no name. <laughs> Mike Jones. Listen, listen. I'm not gonna follow any types of protocol or anything, but you should. You should have called me instead of making me look stupid on the ticky talkie. Now, anyway, let's get on to this episode where we're gonna discuss Australian bikers. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk shit about the MC community, but you know better. You know. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, this got <laughs> off the this got off the rails. Yeah, but it's great. <laughs> Sean Ryan, Sean Ryan, if you're listening, I apologize for mentioning your your podcast during during this nonsense. What's yeah. that cartoon with the really fat dragon in it with the small ass wings? All right, we gotta go, so we're at it now. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, jeez, dude, the last like thirty minutes of this fucking show is crap. That's how it always is. This is what happens my favorite parts of the episode. And the last 30 are great. Like, we hit our stride and we're just going. And then, like, I showed up fucked up. And then it ruined everything. Hey, can you safely operate a vehicle? Can you discharge a firearm? Can you provide life-saving medical aid? Because if you can't, it's wrong because you're not professional. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Longest I Longest Log us out of here before he starts playing Puff the Magic Dragon or something. Is shit. that who it is? See, the thing is, like, we even make fun of people who we like completely respect and admire. And if you yeah. can't, like, if you can't take a joke and you're just gonna, oh, I don't know who you are and you don't know me, then I don't know. I'm gonna use so, these exactly. clips for fucking TikTok. I, mean, I, I mean, I got a tattoo on my thigh that says "Fuck Dave." 
one of my best friends in the world. So. Hey, since since this is a uh, video podcast, go ahead and show it. Your tattoo, his tattoo. Yeah. All right, I'll do it. Oh, it was Puff the Magic Dragon. That's who I was thinking of. You're welcome. Look at uh, that. I feel like we need some music. You can't. Don't play it. It's gonna get us kicked off. Do you believe in life after love? No, dead serious. I got a fucking. I got a fuck Dave tattoo on my thigh. <laughs> Damn, what they do with your dick? <laughs> <laughs> That's going on the Instagram. <laughs> your mom bit half of it off. No shame. <laughs> Who else did you? Who else were you with that got the the fuck punk rock tattoo? Uh, Dave from the Mercenary Motorcycle Company. Which Dave were you fucking? Was it our Dave yeah. or him? You know, fucking our Dave. I got a fuck Dave tattoo on my thigh. <laughs> and what they do with your dick? <laughs> <laughs> send, that, send that to me, please. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, that'll be the first clip of the Instagram. Um, I don't know what they do with your dick, and I don't want to know what they did with your dick. Uh, Should we play that for context? I'm not not pulling it up. I'm just, I'm just looking at my phone. But like, that is that is context. All right. Wait, what the fuck just happened to our video? (laughs) Look at no shame hijacked this. <laughs> You're right over there, Ken. It's a dragon. Yeah, we get it. I get it. I get it. We're here. Oh. All right, do the outro. All right. Well, <laughs> that's it for this shit show. A drunk digest and four for the road mashup. This this blend cast is Dave Coin. Uh, we appreciate all the love and support, uh, DJ Shipley. Uh, we're, we're so sorry that we spoke about you on this podcast. We'll do that's episode fifteen. Of the Sean Ryan. 15. Say, say, say one more time, Dave. That's episode 15 of the Sean Ryan podcast. And okay. it's guaranteed. Change your life. All right. And then uh, No Shame is going to, when he writes the bio for the for the YouTubes, uh, he'll make sure to mention that in there. Sure. <laughs> I hope. I don't know. I don't tell that man what to do. I'm not Look, and if you got beef, you call me at 800-273-8255. <laughs> or if you're thinking about killing yourself, that's also the Veteran Suicide Hotline. Oh, what? How? That's just, it's not even funny anymore. Now I just, not. See, I went funny and then I went back to the fucking thing of the show. You should have went, you should have went to that dude that used to do the commercials in the parking lot of that college. You're sitting around, you're watching TV. What you need to be doing is calling and then you like rattle off the number. And they went out of business for like scamming money or something. I mean, 22 a day apparently isn't enough. Are you guys too young for that? I don't. Yeah, I think so. Maybe I, I think so, man. I think you're because you're what you're three years older. Yes, yeah, so you're three years older than me. Yeah, my yeah, apologies. But anyway, the old folks, the old folks that listen to this are going to be like, dude, I remember that commercial. That was a great commercial. You're sitting by, you're just sitting there on the couch. Life is passing you by. You need to call this number. I gotta go. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we did video. It makes it better, right? You got visual aids and shit. I'm going to edit a lot of this. And show. you don't have to preface everything with like, I know you guys can't see it, but no shame's wearing a fucking button-up. Like, it's great. People just know he's wearing a button-up. Dave's over it, Ken. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs>